there's nothing for you to fill in during the service. It's just simply something that you could follow along through um, during uh, the, the message this morning. But there are some questions in there, and that is your homework. And just when you thought you'd left all that homework malarkey behind, he comes to church and he tells you that you've got homework. And, and all it is, I'm just saying, like, there's some questions there that I pray that would hope to just help you to dig down on what you believe and why you believe it. And uh, just ask God to lead you through those questions as you, uh, you read through them. We are in the process of, of going through a series. I've got no clue on how long this series is going to be uh, or how long it's going to last. Uh, all I know is that we'll keep going until I feel that we need to change. Uh, direction or, or whatever, but I, I feel that we're going to press in again this morning. Uh, the series is called Resurrection Life, and it simply comes out of the belief that I believe that God has given us resurrection life. Uh, his resurrection is my resurrection. The things that Jesus accomplished for me in his resurrection, I can take on because I believe in Jesus. And I know who he is to me, and, and he's created a life for me that uh, is just uh, beyond my wildest, wildest imagination. And believe me, I've got a wild imagination. So uh, I think it's, uh, it's great to, to go on this journey of just discovering a little bit more about what uh, Christ has done for us as a result of resurrection life. So Heavenly Father, I thank you now that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you take my words and you plant them in the people's hearts and you bring about a fruitful harvest in their lives. You bring about transformation where once we thing, saw things uh, slightly skewed, that they'd come into an alignment, we'd be given greater clarity. We'd be given faith and hope to know that you have given us a life that is beyond our wildest dreams. Father, I thank you that you help us to live this life and live it well in Jesus' wonderful name this morning. And everyone said, Amen. Romans 8.15 simply says this, the re This resurrection life you receive from God isn't a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant, greeting God with a childlike, what's next, Papa? I love that. I love that. Now, we've been given resurrection life. Uh, and this is the journey that we've obviously been on for a little bit of a while now, simply saying, okay, God, what's next? Let's, let's go. Let's, let's get this road on the show, the show on the road. Uh, and let's, let's, let's take some steps forward and, and let's really see what uh, your, your life is all about, this resurrection life. So far, we've looked at living in faith every day. And I've used the word life as a sort of like, I think they call it an acronym. So L-I-F-E, living in faith every day living in freedom every day, living in fullness every day. Uh, we've even looked at living uh, in full expectancy. Oh, I've got them, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm stretching the grey matter for you guys here. I'm thinking about life, and this morning is no different. We're going to be looking at life from the point of view of lovingly, I follow Elohim. In other words, I follow God, all right? So Elohim is another word for God, just in case you didn't know. But I couldn't put L-I-F-G, because that doesn't make a word. I mean, hello. Like, I, I was dragged up proper, okay? So life, uh, living in... Lovingly, I follow Elohim. 
So you've thrown me already. Colin, that's enough out of you. Mark, Mark chapter 1 verse 17 says this. And Jesus said this because it's in red. Jesus said, come, follow me, and I'll show you how to fish for people. You know, I've often wondered at that invitation that Jesus gave. What was it about that invitation that Jesus gave to these disciples that caused them to drop everything and to follow him? What was it that was so attractive, so appealing about Number one, Jesus himself. But number two, about the invitation to drop everything and to follow this person. I mean, have you, uh, they, they didn't just like uh, follow Jesus down the road or follow him just overnight. They followed him for the rest of their lives. For the rest of their lives, they turned their back on their Normal life, as it were. One minute, they're fishing. They're fixing their nets. They're cleaning their boats. They're flushing out the outboard motor on their, on their, their boats. You know, they're, they're washing their rods and their reels. They're putting their unused bait back in the freezer so that they can use that the next time that they go out. You know, the, the next minute, they're following this man named Jesus. I mean, what was the, the, such, the, the power of that invitation that Jesus gave to these guys that compelled them to chuck everything behind them and to say, okay, we're in. We're in this. Their lives would never be the same. They followed Jesus, who would later reveal himself to be the very Son of God, the long-awaited Messiah that they were looking for. Just think about their journey with Jesus for a moment. In following Jesus, they experienced the amazing love of the Father. They partnered together with Jesus in his purpose on the earth. This wasn't about them, this was about Jesus and his kingdom purposes that they were now partnering together with. They heard and saw salvation come to mankind. They saw people set free, people were restored. He he helped people to start to live lives of fulfillment, and it was all Because of Jesus. What a journey for these guys as they followed Jesus. What a journey. What a a trip to take in life. When it comes to following Jesus, have you ever asked yourself, why are you following him? Have you ever asked yourself if it's actually worth following him? Have you ever asked yourself if the journey that you're on was actually meant to be like this? Were there meant to be this many roadworks, detours, breakdowns on your journey? Was the sunshine and the warm weather ever this good as you meandered on your holiday? Was the fuel ever this cheap? Were the repairs meant to be this expensive? Jane and I went down to the city during the week. And uh, here's some things that I noticed in that trip going down to the city. 
It wasn't just a straight road and one road that we stayed on. Uh, There were turns, there were sweeping bends, there was ups and there was downs, there was lefts and there was rights. We had to take different roads to travel on to get to our destination. At times we traveled at the speed that we wanted to. And at other times we traveled at the speed of others or the road or the weather conditions that were happening. At times we interacted with others on the same road as us, perhaps as we changed lanes or as I made faces to the kids in the car next to me. At times we had to stop at a red light because the timing said that we had to stop. You know, never too early, never too late. You ever get that feeling? At other times we hit the timing just right and we sailed through the intersection and there was no big flash of light off to the left-hand side. We did it at the speed limit. I noticed that at times in our trip down there we were delayed, we were detoured and we were directed. I noticed that we were on our own journey but there were others going in the same direction as us. And I began to wonder about the purpose of their journey, just like we had a purpose in ours. Where were these people going? Why were they going? Where were they heading to? I noticed that we provided for our journey. We had fuel in our car. Our car was registered. I have a driving license and a set of road rules to abide by. I also noticed that some thought that they were road suggestions. The reason for our journey was a regular appointment that we have with our financial advisor. But there is only so much that I'm willing to put up with in going to make that journey or keep that appointment. I like my financial advisor. He's a good guy, he's a Christian man, and he's savvy. Okay, But if my car broke down or I was sick, I'm going to tell you now, I wouldn't be taking a bus, catching a taxi, or bringing my doctor to that appointment. I love the guy, but there's only so much. See, there's a huge difference between following Jesus and going to see and follow my financial advisor. And it boils down to this, because lovingly, I follow Elohim. I follow God. We are on a journey of following God. I'm not here to follow the latest philosophy, the latest fad that's in life. Like many of you, we've had many reasons to give up on following Jesus. And there's been times where we weren't as close as we could have been. We could have talked more, me and God. There's been times where I thought that he could have shown us a little bit more of the journey and what was involved in that journey than he actually did. But I know that none of you guys have ever thought that. There's been times when the journey has been absolutely amazing. It's been beyond my wildest imagination. The blessing, the generosity, the the love, the forgiveness that God has extended to us, me personally, in this journey has been absolutely amazing. Jesus has done so much for me. So the question is what not... Why are you following Jesus? The question is, should be really, why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I follow Christ in life? I know that there are some here this morning 
that you are going through what I have termed the dark night of the soul. It's where something that's happening in your world you have no rhyme or reason for, it just hurts. You've got no understanding of why it is that you're going through what it is that you're going through. Perhaps it's one of the most challenging, uncertain, even desolate times of your life. And I want to encourage you this morning. Keep following Jesus. Just keep following Jesus. Just keep following Jesus. Let me put it a different way. Just keep following Jesus. Oh, hang on, no, I'll do it a different way. Just keep following Jesus. I don't know how to, you could say that better. Just, just keep following. Just put, if Jesus is that way, I'm going that way. If Jesus is this way, I'm going to go this way. No matter where Jesus is. And I want to tell you, okay, he's right there with you. He's right there with us. But there are, there's, there's times where he will lead us in certain directions. We'll get the feeling that we need to do this. And we, we find scriptures that, that support what we, we feel that God is, is asking us to do. Follow Jesus. Trust your ability to hear. You, you, hear more accurately, you hear more accurately the voice of the Lord than you actually give yourself credit for. You hear him much more clearly than you actually think you do. Just keep following Jesus. We're all on a journey. That's, that's the beauty of, of following Jesus. We're, we're, we are all following someone or something at some point. I came to, to church this morning and I was wearing a, a new scarf that my brother has brought me from, uh, from England. It's a uh, Brighton and Hove Albion scarf. I used to go and watch these, uh, these guys play. Well, not these guys because they're old like me. But I used to go and play this team, see this team play when I was in England. Well, I used to live in England as a, as a, a young boy. And uh, uh, I love to follow them on the TV. And when they're playing, um, I love to watch them playing on TV. I'm conflicted when they're playing Manchester United because they are in the same league. And I do am an absolutely staunch Manchester United supporter. Uh, I pray for those Liverpoolians who like Liverpool, but that's cool. But uh, I'm not living my life according to Brighton and Hove Albion or to Manchester United. I'm living my life and positioning my life and hearing the voice of God who I am following. And I will give up my life for my, to follow Jesus. I will never give my life up to follow a football team. How do we keep following Jesus? Great question. Glad you've asked. Number one, make the decision to follow him. There you go. Rocket science right there. Brain surgery 101. Let's make a decision to follow Jesus. Okay? Make the decision to to follow Jesus first of all. There may be times when detours or breakdowns and accidents happen But just have the discipline to follow through with the decision that you've already made. If we spend our our time having to make a decision in a a season of intense pressure or stress, 
then we're, we're wasting energy. If, if in a time of, of calmness, of a period of just tranquility, I make the decision that, you know what? I am going to follow Jesus. I'm going to do that. Then I don't have to waste energy thinking about a decision that I need to make because the decision's already made. All I need is the conviction of my, my decisions, the courage to follow through on my, my convictions. Does that make sense? I don't have to waste energy about what, which way I'm going to go. I know I'm going to follow Jesus. So I don't need to waste energy thinking about that anymore. I just need to say, you know what? I know that the answer to this problem, this stress, this tension that I have in my life right now is found in Jesus. So I'm going to go to Jesus and find the answer. That's when we go to the Bible. Uh, and that, that, A Bible is a book. It's got the sayings of, of God in there. Some of you may, may find that a fascinating read at some time. I'm just joking. Come on. Oh, I love yous. I'm just messing with your head a little bit. So we, we, if you've not decided to follow Jesus always, then there may be a time where we give up on Jesus when things get tough or there's a detour or we break down on our journey. See, if, if we've not made that decision, if there comes a point in our, in our journey where, you know what, this Jesus thing, you know, uh, I'm not sold out to this, so we just find a different way and we choose a different path and we turn our back on God. That's not following God. That's making, you know, like it's waves of seas and, and double-minded man and unstable in all their ways and, and all that sort of stuff. But if we've made a decision to follow Jesus, regardless, always, in darkness, in light, in blessing, in sickness, in pain, when we've been hurt or stabbed in the back, then we need to stick, stick with that decision. Hebrews 10.39 says, We are certainly not those who are held back by fear and perish. We are among those who have faith and experience true life. We believe that in Christ there is fullness of life. So we need to make a decision to follow Jesus. Here, how about this? I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. What a golden oldie that. That's just... That's up there in the top 10 of Christian songs in about 1912. <laughs> Fantastic song. Fantastic. Darlene Check right there. You know, that was... <laughs> Maybe not. Michael W. Smith, yeah. See, here's the thing. In following Jesus, Jane and I have made some decisions. Here's some decisions that, that we personally have made. Now, when I, I share these things, I'm not, I don't want anyone to feel guilty about this. These are simply decisions that Jane and I have made to live our life by. And we would encourage you to consider what decisions do you need to make about following Christ as well. What some of the things that, that are, uh, you just need to make a decision about before because when it comes the time to go the other way, if you haven't made the decision, you'll be lured away. So here's some decisions that Jane and I have made. Okay, number one, we're going to follow Jesus. Surprise, isn't it? Eh? I bet you didn't see that one coming. Wherever, whatever, and whenever he says to do it, we're just going to follow Jesus. Secondly, 
we've decided to go to church. I bet you're glad that I'm here today. I had an option. I could have stayed at home today. But because I've made a decision, I didn't need to make that decision. The decision was already made. I just needed the courage of my convictions to show up today. Thirdly, we've decided to give tithes and offerings. We are going to trust God financially. That's a decision that we've made. It's as simple as that. Fourthly, we've decided to serve others. This isn't about us. This is about us giving our lives for the kingdom of God to help other people. The next thing, five, fifth, fifth thing that we've decided to do is this. Jane and I have decided to remove the word divorce from our vocabulary. For us, we are committed to seeing whatever hardship work through together. We've taken it off the table. Now, please, and I know that there are people that uh, perhaps have experienced divorce and you've, I, I know that there's abuse. I know that there's hardship. I know that sometimes you just don't have a, cho- a choice in it. Yeah. But now, if you're in another relationship, why not sit down and just talk with your spouse and say, you know what? What are we going to take off the table? Maybe. Just maybe. How about we eliminate the word breakup, divorce? Instead, we, we, we work on and include the words forgiveness, reconciliation, Grace in our vocabulary. Just throwing it out. Just throwing it out. Here's this. Now we put energy into reinforcing those decisions with our actions. We are not wasting energy deciding what to do if given the opportunity not to go to church or to keep our money, or to walk away from our marriage, or to, ser- uh, to be served instead of serving others. We've made decisions. All we need now is the energy to put into outworking those decisions. I don't need to make those decisions again. They're done. As far as we're concerned, it's a done deal. Have you made the decision to follow Jesus? Secondly, look for him. How do we follow Jesus? Secondly, just look for him. When I was probably between 12 and 14 years of age, um, I, I, I sensed that my parents were going through a difficult period in their relationship. And I sensed that there was some stuff going on <coughs> uh, that was behind the scenes. And I felt a heaviness on my chest. And I said to my mum one one evening, I said, I just feel this like real tightness in my chest, this heaviness in my chest. And she said, oh, well, you know, just go to bed. You'll be right. Give me a smack in the head. That's good. She didn't give me a smack in the head. Um, So I went to bed uh, that night. I woke up in the morning. And um, again, I said to my mum, I said, I just feel this this weightiness, this, this, this heaviness in my chest. She went into the other room, made a phone call. She said, let's get in the car. We're going to go for a, a trip. So we start going to the city. We lived at Holden Hill, flogged up uh, Northeast Road uh, in our wonderfully uh, amazing car. It's a HQ Holden, uh, three on the tree, you know what I mean? 
And uh, so we're, we're going up Northeast Road. We go uh, out towards Main North Road, go past the Scotty's Corner. And, and right in the Scotty's Corner, uh, Scotty's Corner is where the big Scotsman on the, the, the motel. Okay, cool. So in, in the middle of the intersection, there's a police car and it stopped traffic. And my mum's pulled up next to this police car. And she starts to have this conversation with these police officers. And she, they, they're saying, you're the one? And she says, yes, I'm the one. And she's, they, these coppers say, follow us. Lights and sirens, baby, we're off. And I'm thinking, this is interesting. <laughs> I'm sitting on the front, 12 to 14-year-old, wide-eyed, you know, gripping the whole uh, seatbelt on the front there as well, you know, because I know how my mum drives. We're, we're following this police car straight down Main North Road, through North Adelaide, down O'Connell Street, straight to the Women's and Children's Hospital. These coppers run out of the car. Is he okay to walk? I'm thinking, of course I'm all right to walk. What's wrong with you? So I get out of the car. My mum thought I was having a heart attack. My mum thought I was having a heart attack. She's, she's organised her. But I'll tell you right now that my mum never took her eyes off that police car when she was following it and going 50 million miles an hour down O'Connell Street towards the uh, towards the hospital why do we take our eyes off of Jesus why do we take our eyes why do we stop looking for God why do we think that the the answer to our problem is somewhere else on TV or on Dr. Phil or some other TV program you know the the answer's in Jesus keep looking for Jesus keep looking for God he's the one that we're following And when you do that, you'll find yourself cutting through the traffic with a funny blue light in your car, and it'll be an amazing trip, honestly. It says in Jeremiah 29, verses 13 to 14, If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. In Hebrews 11.6, without faith we're living within us, it'd be impossible to please God, for we come to God in faith knowing He is real and that He rewards the faith of those who truly seek Him. You're looking for God. It's the, the, the seeking part is the looking for God. Uh, Matthew 7.7, 7, keep on asking and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you'll find... Uh, and you'll find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open. Keep looking for Jesus. The answer is in God. He's the one that understands where you're at. He's the one that put you together. He knows how you're wired. So let's, let's just look for the one who created us. Jesus promised that we would find him. Thirdly, listen for him. Okay? Listen for him. I love it that our God is a speaking God. He's not mute. Okay? He's not silent. I want to let you know that God is talking to us more than we ever think that he is. He's encouraging us. He's strengthening us. Gary, you can do this. Gary, you can keep going. Gary, you've got this covered. I'm with you, Gary. You don't need to give up on life. You're going to keep going, keep going, keep doing what I'm asking you to do. Keep, keep thinking, keep seeking, keep, keep praying, keep talking. God is, is he's a speaking God. Luke eleven twenty eight says, and Jesus said this, but even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. I said about going down to town on a trip. Sometimes when we've uh, taken a trip somewhere, we've used a GPS, satellite navigation system. How about that? These devices seem to have a voice all of their own. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. They've got, it's a language you're supposed to pick up on and follow the instructions of this thing in your car. It, 
Try taking a wrong turn. This is what one of ours used to say to us. We'd take a wrong turn and, and uh, it'd try to get us you know, uh, on the right track. And all we hear coming out of our speakers is rerouting, rerouting, rerouting. I'd love to go around a roundabout, just go, hear the thing going, rerouting, rerouting. <laughs> While we're talking about roundabout, why can't it just say, keep going straight ahead of the next roundabout? No, I've got to take the second exit. <laughs> What's so special about the second exit, I'm asking? God, what a language. I even downloaded a comedian, Stephen Fry, to be the voice of my satellite navigation. We, we got rid of him after a short while, but I, I loved one of his sayings, though. We'd arrive at our destination, and he'd say, I think I'm falling in love with you. I, I thought that was pretty good. All of you are looking at me and thinking, what? You guys are nuts. <laughs> Can I tell you right now? I receive that word in Jesus' name. God loves us more than Stephen Fry does. Okay? More than he ever would. He, you know, God's going to talk to us about our journey. He'll provide direction. He'll warn of danger ahead. He'll encourage us on the way. And all we need to do is to make room to listen. Just make room to listen. It's as simple as that. Fourthly, talk to him. Talk to him. This is really like, this is relationship 101, okay? Just talk to each other. Husbands, wives. Talk to each other, not at each other. Talk with each other. It's one of the greatest things that you could do in your, your marriage together is to learn to talk with each other. When we went down to our appointment during the week, something very strange happened in our car. We talked. I got, Jane and I laugh a lot more in life than we do a lot of other stuff. We, we're just, I've got crow's feet on here. It's not old age, it's just laugh lines. I've got laugh, I call them laugh lines. You might call them being old, but I call them laugh lines. Well, Jane and I, we laugh a lot. I mean, the stupidest of things. You know, and I think that God just wants us to laugh with him. I, I just think he wants us to enjoy him. You know? I was telling a joke this morning I heard on Joel Osteen. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell this joke. It's a great joke. There's this bloke sitting in his lounge room and he's watching the TV and his wife comes up behind him with a saucepan, smacks him over the head with his saucepan. And he goes, well, what was that for? She says, I've just found a piece of paper with the name Mary Jane written on it. What's that about? He says, oh, that was just also to bet on last week. And she oh, I'm so sorry, darling. I didn't know. I th- thought it was something else. He says, oh, that's okay. No, a week later, he's sitting down watching the TV again in his lounge room. And the wife comes up with a frying pan this time. And bang, over the back of the head. Crowns him. And he knocks him out under the floor. He wakes up and says, oh, what was that for? She says, your horse just phoned. <laughs> Joel Osteen says there's no spiritual content in that joke whatsoever at that point Jane laughed (laughs) 
you just got to laugh. Like, just, just enjoy the journey somewhat. But talk to God. Jeremiah 29.12 says, When you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. I think that's wonderful that God does that. Jesus said, come follow me. Today, Jesus calls people to follow him. It's in Jesus that we find our purpose and our provision. It's in Jesus that we discover salvation, freedom, restoration, and a life of fulfillment. It's in Jesus that we discover our our purpose and our provision and our place in life. See, lovingly we follow after God. We're lovingly following Elohim. And as we follow God, we begin this adventurously expectant resurrection life, asking God, what's next, Daddy? What what do you want to do next? And Jesus asked the disciples to follow him so that he could reveal the Father to them, so that he could show them what a kingdom life, a resurrection life was supposed to look like. Jesus said to follow him because we understand in John 6, verses 67 to 69, that Peter said, you know, we're not going to give up on you, God. We're not going to give up on you, Jesus, because only in you do we hear the words of life. Only in you are the words of life. And we know that you are the Holy One of God. And Jesus himself says in John 6, verse 63, just a few verses early, he says, the very words that I've spoken to you are spirit and they are life. We need to follow Jesus because in him there is the words of life. There is the words of of the spirit that we need for our everyday lives. Only in Jesus are the words of life, the ways of life and the works of life. He said to come and follow him. Jesus invites us to a resurrection life that's adventurously expectant. I was talking to Steve McCracken, uh, who's a friend of ours, who's, been, who's preached in this church. Many of you will, will know him. He said this to me, God's best is always God's best. But sometimes God's best is not our choice. See, if we're going to follow Jesus, we've got to understand that he's got our best interests at heart. And you need to understand, too, that it was the Spirit of God that led Jesus into the wilderness. You think sometimes, oh, I'm going through a really tough time. God wouldn't leave me. Wouldn't he? Jesus was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Spirit, Jesus went into the wilderness. But as a result of his wilderness experience, the Bible says in Luke that Jesus came out in the power of the Holy Spirit. He went in filled with the Spirit, but he came out in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, God the Father led the people of Israel out of Egypt through into the wilderness. Sometimes God's best for us is not the choice that we would make for ourselves. Because God wants to develop something in us. And he will use those experiences to develop what he wants in our character and in our nature. Who will you follow today? Think of all those who followed God in the Bible. They may not have had red traffic lights or detours or sat nav or even Stephen Fry helping them. But they had God on their journey and God was enough. God was enough. Think about Abraham, his journey in life. His journey involved going up a mountain 
to sacrifice his son, God provided the, the alternate for him, so the, or the substitute for him, so he didn't have to. Joseph, his, his journey involved getting falsely accused, sold as a slave, in prison. King David gets told he's going to be the king over all of Israel. From that moment on, he's on the run from Saul. He's got a murderous spirit about him. We, we read about Saul, who later became the apostle Paul, how he persecuted the church, the early Christians. But then because he followed God, he himself became a persecuted Christian. And then we think about Jesus, who we are following. Lovingly, I follow Elohim. Unless he leads us, no one will be changed, no one will be healed, and no one will receive eternal life. Jane and I made a decision to follow Jesus. We've made a decision to listen to his word and do what he asks of us. We are learning more and more to rely upon the Holy Spirit in our walk with Christ. But this journey we are on is not about us. This is about the kingdom of God growing and reaching more people. And we are simply playing our part in that journey. And this morning we want to let you know that we will be making a public announcement that affects the whole church. And it concerns Jane and I personally about this church on July the 1st. I'm going to say right here, we are not leaving the church. Okay, so we're just putting that out there, all right? But there is a big announcement that we want to talk to people about. It's about the journey that we're on. And we think it's an exciting journey and that this church is going to go to a whole new level in what we've got planned. Amen? But who are you following this morning? Let's stand as we come. Just as uh, we come to this point in the service, I don't know everybody where you're at in so far as your journey with God is concerned. You may be cracking on, going for it, and you're kicking some goals. Uh, You know, just having a a whale of a time going on with God. It's just an amazing journey that you're on. But for some, maybe you don't even know God personally. And I just want to give an opportunity this morning that if you don't know Jesus, if you have never invited him to become the Lord of your life, then this morning I, I don't think I could talk about following God if I didn't give an opportunity to follow God and for you to open up your heart and say, God, I, I, I don't know the whole deal that you've got going here. I don't know the, the, what's happening maybe, but you know what? I sense that in what this bloke's talking about up the front that there's something here for me. And maybe you, know, you just need to take that step and say, God, I just want to yield my life to you and I want to follow after you. I want to give up how I've lived to this point and I want to follow you and I want to take on what you have for me. I want to be following where you're leading me and where you're guiding me. I want you to talk to me, God. I want you to to show me what you look like so that I can see what you look like and I can follow after you. I want to make that decision this morning. Like like this bloke said, the first thing I want to do today is, is to make that decision. So if you have never asked Christ to be the Lord of your life. If you never said, Jesus, I, I just want to give my life to you this morning. But you sense this morning that maybe you want to do that. I would love to pray with you and celebrate the greatest decision that you'll ever make. I'm not going to say for an instant that your problems are over. They are just beginning. Trust me. 
but will help. And God, above all, will help you in this journey. So this morning, if you have never prayed that prayer, you just want to say, God, I just want to give my life to you this morning. Is there anyone here this morning? Just put your hand up. I'd love to pray with you. You've never prayed that before. I don't know everybody. don't know where you're at so far as God's concerned, but just want to give this opportunity. Is there anyone here this morning you just want to say, yes, I want to give my life to Christ? Anyone at all? Just put your hand up nice and tall so that I can see that hand and pray for you. Is there anyone at all? A lot of people itching ears, so a hand up looks like this, itching ear looks like this. Okay. Cool. So I'm going to assume everyone's pretty cool with God this morning. Okay. The other thing I want to pray for is, uh, is that maybe you've lost your way. Maybe he, you took a detour and you can't see God too much more and you just know that you need to just spend some time finding him, listening for his voice and talking to him once more. Maybe you just lost your way a little bit, and, and God just wants to redirect your, your vision, your focus back to him this morning. Is there anyone here, just feel like you've lost your way a little bit? And, and it's, it's not, you know, that's why you're here today. It's why God put this message on my heart, because he knows where you're at. And he just wants to give you an opportunity this morning. Is there anyone here this morning you just feel like you lost your way? I'd love to pray for you. Anyone who will just stick your hand up? Not meaning to embarrass anybody, but you know what? It's cool. Anyone? Okay, batting a great average this morning. It's good. The other one is that you have trouble hearing from God. I just want to pray for people that you feel like you have trouble hearing from God. Sometimes you, don't, you think he doesn't talk to you. Oh, I want to say that's absolute rubbish. He does. We just need to tune in on the frequency that he's talking about. I think that you hear from him a lot more than you actually give yourself credit for. So is there anyone here this morning? You just feel like you have trouble sometimes hearing from God and you just you want to change that. You just want to hear his voice. You want to hear his laughter, not at you but with you. Anyone here? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Any others? Thank you. Thank you. Yep, cool. Thank you. I had to look at the worship leader just in case he's got his hand up, so it's cool. <laughs> Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are a speaking God. And I pray that you help the folk who've responded this morning to wanting to hear you more, that you'd speak in a language and in a way that they realize that you are communicating with them at their level in the way that they receive it. Whether it's through the Word of God, whether it's through videos, whether it's through a song of worship or praise, whether it's through a Sunday service, whatever way that that these precious folk hear from you, I pray that you help them to clear away the clutter to be able to speak to them clearly in this season and in this time for the rest of their lives, Lord, and that they can hone that ability to a sharp edge to hear you with greater clarity in Jesus' wonderful name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Well, I hope you've... uh, Got something out of that? We'll just have a song and then we'll close up the service.